0: Lean on me. There's a, uh, there's a line that says, if we are wise. How many of you uh, want to be wise? How many of you are sitting next to somebody that needs some wisdom? Don't raise your hand. Do not raise your hand. Do not raise your hand. That was a trick. If we are wise, we know there's always tomorrow. There's always something coming. There's always something going to happen, good or bad. There's, there's always tomorrow. Lean on me. When you're not strong, I don't know about you, but there are seasons in our lives, seasons in my life where, where I haven't had the, the strength, I haven't had the courage, I've, I've needed other people to, to lean on or to carry me or to support me. So says, I'll be your friend, I'll help you carry on, for it won't be long, and here's, here's, the, here's the flip, it won't be long until I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. We, we think that if, if we lean on somebody, then we're always going to lean on them. It's amazing in in healthy relationships, there's a season where I need you and then the next season where where you need me and that's why we're doing life together. That's why we're called to be in community. There will be seasons where you need help and then when you recover, when you heal, there'll be seasons that God's going to use you to bring that help to others. This statement that we're, We've been saying for our our branding purposes, trying to make it catchy, just trying to get you into small groups, if you will. It's so much more than a catchphrase. It's not just a a marketing thing. It's not just an idea that community is, is, uh, is needed. Relationships are needed. True life change happens in the context of relationships in community with believers, but community is not found in rows. It's found in circles. And it's not just a tagline, it's practical. You can hide in a row. Like right now, you can be hiding. You're like, how how is that? Because you are all looking at me. You're in a row and about two or three people down, you're not focused on them. You can't see them. What that means is if you're in one of our auditoriums today or especially if you're worshiping online, you could be faking it. I feel great, I'm good. And nobody would know the difference because the attention is not on you. You can hide in a row, but you can't hide in a circle. Somebody's looking across the circle from you. They know if you're okay. They know if you're doing great. They know if you're not doing well. It's obvious because I'm looking right at you. True discipleship, true community, true relationship does not happen in just attending a church. Your life will never be fully changed just coming to Action Church. Jesus did not say, hey, come sit and listen. He said, come and follow because he knew that life would happen and he could teach them and disciple them through life circumstances. I love Sundays. I love that we get to gather and worship. We're called to gather and worship as a body of believers, but this is not where it ends, this is where it begins. We come and we meet in the presence of God, then we go and do life together in the context of community. It's just better together. It's not good to be alone. It's in Genesis, I didn't, I didn't come up with it. God said that, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created a a woman. There's some things that that get weird when we're alone. Like you do some weird, come on, you know you, you do some weird things when you're alone. Be talking to yourself, just, just, just saying random stuff to yourself. Come on, eating stuff straight out of the container, putting it back in, spitting it back in, sniffing peanut butter. I don't know what you do, but I know it's weird. Nobody's looking, taking 20 different selfies, different angles, I just woke up like this. No, you didn't, you've been working on that for six hours, you weirdo talking to yourself, sniffing yourself. You know, I just, is that me? Yeah, you're the only one there, it's you. We get weird. We get weird when we're alone. But i seen the movie Cast Away, he got weird. Tom Hanks got weird. Wilson, just having, having meals and sharing conversations, moments with a volleyball. It was a volleyball with his blood on it, it was weird. We get weird. Things are meant to be done together. When you do them alone, it's weird. You're on a seesaw alone, weird. That was delayed reaction Both services They're like, oh yeah, because you would just be, just sitting. Table tennis alone, although can be done, boring and weird. Like I'm just saying, if you do that a lot, you should join a small group. Start a table tennis small group because it's a little weird. Why are you just hitting a ball against a wall over? Playing catch by yourself. Any guys growing up, you would have friends over, you'd play a whole football game by yourself, and I could be Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin at the same time, and intercept it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how that works for my stats when I got an interception, but also threw an interception, but I was a big fan, but I look dumb. I'm like throwing the ball and running and catching it. Like, it's just, it's better to be done together. Come on, hugging is weird by yourself. Somebody's probably told you that in therapy one time, and I, I'm a big fan of counseling and therapy. Just love yourself, hug yourself. Great, weird. It's weird. One more thing, and this is not political, not, never meant to be done alone. Wearing a mask in your car, okay? Okay, listen, I, hold on. Just don't get mad, just real quick. Not making a statement, I have, I have masks, wear masks on planes, not, this, is not, this is not a vax, not a vax mask, not mask. I'm just trying to help somebody out. That's your car, it's your car. Ain't nobody else in there. That oxygen you're breathing, your oxygen. If you don't have it, you can't get it. If you do have it, you already got it. You're fine. If you wear a mask in the car, you better wear it in the shower, in the bed, and all around your house. Again, all your stuff. It's your closet. Nobody else in there? Just trying to help you. And I get it. I've done it before. You come out of a place, you still have it on. 20 minutes later, everybody's looking at you like, I'm the idiot. You're not an idiot. You just were confused. It's your, it's just your air. It's just you in there. Just just simple. Just simple. Love you. Stop. <laughs> it's just not good. It's not good for us to be alone. We get where get God created us for relationships. He created us for community. We really are better together. I want to live in one verse today, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Uh, and we're just going to stay here the whole time talking about uh, healthy relationships, community, this idea that we are supposed to be linking arms and, and doing this together. It says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other, Let there be no division in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. That we're called to live in harmony, united in thought and in purpose. I want to start at the beginning. Paul writes to the church in Corinth. He's writing to a, to a church. And if you read uh, uh, and study the history of the church in Corinth, it would have been very similar to the American church with division and gossip and even uh, secularism and, and uh, worldliness coming into it. It would have been very similar. So he's writing to a church uh, in a lot of ways, very similar to the American church. He says this He says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters. He starts off this, this thought of I appeal. An appeal means a serious or urgent request. Notice he doesn't say, hey, I have a suggestion. I have an idea. I don't know if you guys were thinking about it, but we should encourage harmony and unity and, and healthy relationships. He does no I have, I have an appeal. I have a serious or an urgent request. Goes on to say, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now he kicks it up a notch. He said, hey, I don't just have an appeal. I have an appeal directly from the Lord. Like, hey, this is how you should live in relationships. I don't know if you have brothers and sisters. Paul is writing. He says to dear brothers and sisters, have you ever told your brother or sister what to do? Like, hey, come inside. They're like, nope. You go back out a few minutes later. Hey, dad said, come inside. All right. Paul's saying, hey, I appeal to you. And in case you're not listening, I appeal to you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He's basically saying, hey, this isn't my idea. This is his idea. I'm telling you what he said under his authority that you need to be in healthy relationships, living in harmony. We'll get there in just a moment. Paul is letting us know through the authority of the Lord Jesus how important relationships are. It goes on to say, to live in harmony with each other, to in one accord, in harmony with each other. Write this down if you're taking notes. Community, that's what we're talking about today. Community should unify us. Community should unify us. It it connects us. It connects us into relationships. It says, you might have a problem that, that I will understand. It's amazing how we begin to invite people into our life and have real conversations with people, how much more we have in common than we thought. We talked about earlier in the series that our sin, it separates us from God, but it unites us to each other because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's amazing when you get in a group or you get on a team or you get an authentic community, how we have so much more that connects us than divides us. Small groups in our A-team here at Action Church are not just programs or means to an end, they are reminders and uh, uh, options and opportunities for us to find true community and reminded that we're, we're just never alone. We are, we are connected to other people. Gotta have more conversations. If we're gonna live in harmony, we gotta have more questions and, and less answers. It connects us into community, it unifies us. The other thing that, that community does is it protects us. There's protection when we're together. Come on, we are called the body of Christ, and you and I are a part of one body, and there is there is protection in being together. It says in this next statement in the scripture, it says, let there be no divisions in the church. That means the church was divided even back in Corinth, and it is divided today. Come on, the global church is divided. The local church is divided. Come on, your small group is gonna be divided even before it meets. Come on, there are opinions, there are thoughts, there is division, why? Because the enemy, starts nothing new. The enemy, you gotta catch this, the enemy, Satan, he's never created anything, so he cannot create anything new. All he can do is counterfeit what God has created. That was good, I got one clap. I get it, you're clapped out, Darwin did great. I get it, but that was really, really good, you're welcome. He can't create anything new, so he keeps doing what does he do? He accuses and he separates. He knows how powerful we are together. I will build my church, and the church is not a building, the church is the body of believers. Jesus said, I will build my people, basically. My bride and the gates of hell will not prevail against it." So the enemy cannot prevail against the church, but he can prevail against you. How does he do that? Not if you're connected to the church, because he cannot prevail against the church. What he'll try and do is to divide you from the protection. There's safety in the formation. The Roman army was safe when they were in formation. Herds are safer when they're in formation. Flocks of sheep in Bible time, the shepherd, if he kept them in formation, they were, there was more safety for them. They were bigger, they were stronger, they moved together. They were more safe from predators when they were together. You are never in more danger than when you are isolated and alone. Because we were funny earlier, but hey, we get weird, both emotionally and spiritually, when we're alone. Come well, on, the most dangerous place to be is alone in your thoughts. We say this all the time, you tell the best lies to yourself. When we're alone, we're, we're believing, we're accusing, we're divided, and we're, we're separate, we're isolated, we're, we're vulnerable to attack. And that word vulnerability is something I wanna camp out on for just a few moments this morning together. I want to challenge you to be vulnerable in this next season. Vulnerable in your groups, vulnerable on your team. Find somebody that you can allow to come in and, and share this life with and share those struggles with. You got you to let people know you're not okay because spoiler alert, they already know. Come on, we're the body of Christ. Have you ever hurt one part of your body and not known it? If you have, then you need to get your nervous system checked. You know what I mean? Like, let's just, if, if I broke my finger right here, one of these fingers, if it, was, if it was 45 degrees, I mean, this thing is just, it's broken in half. It's got a 90 degree angle, like right there in the middle. You know that's, It's gross, right? And you're like, it's just, it's just, and now we're saying, nah, it's not broken, just sprained. Anybody else have dads like mine growing up? Nah, you're fine, rub some dirt on it, you'll be fine. No, I think it's broken, Dad. That's how we live our life. Nah, I'm fine. You're, you're not fine. We can see that you're clearly broken. And before we could even see it, because we're connected in the body of Christ, we have a central nervous system in our body. Spiritually speaking, we could feel it and sense it way before we could even see it. And we're walking around thinking nobody knows and nobody notices and I'm fine. You're not fine and you're never gonna be. God cannot heal what you don't acknowledge. So we gotta be vulnerable and open ourselves up and say, hey, I need some help. Hey, I I need somebody to lean on. I'm not so strong in this season or in this area. I I need some help. I need to be vulnerable. But I believe we have some misappropriated vulnerability in this season. I want to be very clear. I'm talking about authentic vulnerability with people that can help you. Not just this new idea of I'm just being real. Come on, every Facebook, Instagram, every blogger, everybody with an opinion, everybody in a conversation. No, I'm just, I just need to be honest for a second. You're not being honest, you're being harmful and hurtful to the gospel. Just out here just slinging arrows and darts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real, I'm gonna get this off my chest. It's dangerous. It's causing division. You know, when we talk about something, let me be specific. When we talk about someone and not to someone, we are not edifying or building up, we're tearing down. We are not like Jesus, we're like the enemy. We say things like, hey, I'm not saying anything about somebody that I wouldn't say to somebody. The problem is, the person you're saying things about is not in the room for you to say them to, so you're actually gossiping dividing. No, I'm just being real. You're being really terrible. Let me say it this way. When we're we're trying to bring harmony, we're talking about accountability in a moment. When you're talking to someone, it's holding them accountable. You're talking about someone, it's an accusation or an attack. Have you heard? No, I didn't hear. I should have never heard because it's none of my business. But we use our small groups and our relationships in the church to divide. God brought us small groups and relationships to unify. It's quiet in Winter Park and I don't have those everywhere very isolated and alone up here. You know why? Because it's true. And if I'm being honest, we all do it. We think I'm just just praying for them or just talking. No, we're we're dividing people against people because it's not accountability when they're not when they're not in the room. Here's another way we do it. Maybe we don't do it personally attacking people. Maybe we just do it broad brush on social media. I'm just gonna get this off my chest. I'm just gonna say this. We think vulnerability is just sharing however we feel with whoever will listen. That's not vulnerability. That's a self-unawareness problem. Here's what we think. We think I need to throw shots or I need to throw. In the, in the Roman army, they would, have a, they would have a spear and they'd have a sword and a shield. And I believe God gave me this picture this week talking about vulnerability. We think being vulnerable is just throwing out how we feel. This is how I feel about this. And this is how I feel about that. And this is what I think about that. And we're just throwing darts and we're calling it vulnerability I'm just being vulnerable. I'm just being honest. And we're just, we're just throwing things and slinging an attack. And that's not vulnerability and that's not godly. Vulnerability is not throwing the spear, it's removing the shield. It's not attacking other people, it's inviting people closer in, and saying, hey, I'm gonna allow you to hurt me, I'm gonna allow you in, I'm gonna allow you close If I'm gonna be vulnerable enough where we're gonna get close enough where there can be change. Now, there is a risk on my part, but this is vulnerability, this isn't. Attacks divide, accountability and closeness brings us unity, it unifies us, it brings us closer closer together. I'm gonna get off your toes for a second, and then I'll be back on them in just a little bit. Harmony, no divisions, be of one mind. Here's what it says, right here. it says, rather be of one mind. So we're gonna appeal, we're gonna have the authority of Jesus, we're gonna live in harmony, how are we gonna do that? It's when we're more divided, when we're less divided and more unified. And then he says, rather, here's, here's the opposite of it. How do we get out of that division? Be of one mind. What that means is, I don't want you here today, we're not talking about uniformity. We're not talking about all being the same and all looking alike and thinking alike. That's a cult. That's not the gospel. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about unity of mission because see, the the greatness of God and the body of Christ is that we're all different with different opinions, different thoughts, different experiences, different stories and together we come under one banner with one goal. This community, you break it up in two words, it's common unity. Like we are a community of believers that have a common unity of mission, a unity of purpose that we are to know God and to make him known. That our desire is to come into his presence and be full of his presence then walk out into our sphere of influence and then make him known in every other place. So we have differences of opinion, but we have a common unity of mission. That's what unites us. We think we we have to agree on everything. How boring would that be? How, How minimal of a reach would we have as a church if we all looked, talked, and thought the same? No, God needs your story and my story and your opinion and, and your opinion and my opinion all underneath the banner of common unity of knowing God and making him known, with the baseline of being that Word of God is the standard and the foundation and the truth. A common mission. And that mission is really simple. We need this common unity because we need to, to do what the, the Bible asks, uh, the Pharisees asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And The second one is equally as important, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So basically what he's saying is this common unity of mission is to love God and love people. Well, what's next? Repeat. If you need a third step, if you're like, I need need one more step, repeat the first two. You're like, no, there's gotta be something else. There's not. Love God, love people, start at the beginning. And here's the deal, when you find yourself not loving people, it's probably because you haven't been loving God enough, so you actually do need to start over. How we treat and see and love people is a reflection of our intimacy with God. And if we ever lose that filter on people, maybe we lost the foundation of our relationship with God. And here's some, here's some thoughts that we've been thinking about at Action Church in our, in our view of, of loving people. Well, write this down, grace is our filter. At Action Church, grace is our filter. Grace is our filter, which means we see people through the filter of grace. There's nobody that is too far from God. There's nobody that he cannot save, that he is not seeking. Grace is our filter. Here's a second one, mercy is our mindset. We're gonna choose mercy. We're gonna choose forgiveness. We're gonna choose to always give people a way back to meet you right where you are. Why is grace our filter and mercy our mindset? Because people are the point. They're not the enemy. See, when the enemy divides us, he has us as us versus them. We're all us, and we're all them. It's just broken humanity saved by a holy God, trying to walk out this process until we get to heaven. There is no us and them. Harmony, one mind. Here's the last one: it's united in thought and in purpose. That there's some things that need to change in our thought life and our purpose. Here's what I wrote down: community. Not just, it it not only unifies us, it also purifies us. My prayer for our small groups in this season, for our relationships, is that it would be a season of of accountability for our church. That you would not just see these small groups as, as recreational or as just habitual, something that you go and find just good friends, which that's very important that you'd find people that you could be vulnerable enough, you could remove the shield, you could invite them into a relationship, and you could actually be held accountable. Accountability happens best when you ask for it. Because I don't know about you, but I've never enjoyed being held accountable. I've never, I never have, You come in, hey, you should stop doing that. I've never thought, thank you, man. Can we do this more often? What are you doing tomorrow? Can you come hold me accountable again? That was fun, let's hug. No, but when you ask for it, when you invite it in, it gives you, not only have you asked for it, you've prayed through it, you've probably included the Holy Spirit in it, but now you've given them permission so you're actually just getting what you asked for and so it gives you a better chance to actually receive that accountability. Accountability all usually brings in this next word, which I'm praying for our relationships and our our small groups this season, is the the word correction. Community should bring about correction. And I just want you to write down, accept it. You can accept the correction and make a change, or you can make excuses. and Stay the same. Well, you don't know why I just... That's not what I meant. It is what you said, and it is what everybody else felt. I don't care what you meant. This is what you said. That's why we need people to see our blinds. But that's, that, you, you got me all wrong. Well, so did the rest of the room. And that's why we have a society that doesn't listen, and doesn't change, because we have no accountability and no correction. Are there people in your life that can tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear? Do you have people saying, hey, have you ever thought about not doing that? Not saying that? Have you ever thought about what you should change or challenge? And it's tough. It's tough to hear, it's tough to give. That's why we need to remove the shield and actually build a relationship. What I'm telling you is if the relationship's there, the conversations will not be easy, but they will become easier. And we need that challenge in our life. I think that's what's missing. And our church and the local church is the true discipleship-making process of challenging and tough conversations, so we actually have to change. Hey, church, if we look the same way we did years ago, what's missing? We should be in a refining process where God is, is refining us and making us look more and more like his son, Jesus. And it's not a spectator sport. It's gonna take some work. It's gonna take some challenging relationship. It's gonna take some trust to say, hey, I'm I'm gonna make myself vulnerable, invite people in because I know that's God's will and his plan to make me better. But it's not always easy. Remember what Solomon said in the book of Proverbs? He says, iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. That's not a fun process. Now, iron doesn't have feelings, so we shouldn't have feelings for iron, but he's saying we we should look like that. Like our relationships should be be in such a way that we are sharpening each other. There is friction, there are sparks. Hey, that accountability and correction conversation, it's not gonna be warm and fuzzy. It's gonna be hot because there's a fire about to start. That's what he's saying. When you rub iron and iron together, there's friction, it's hot, there's pain, there's fire, but it creates something very, very important. When you rub metal together, you can create fire, fire, in this time would have been one of the two or three most important things, like outside of water and oxygen, it would have been fire, for warmth and for cooking, to eat. We're creating, you're producing something that's needed for life. And I'm telling you, you will not have a fulfilling life without authentic community. You need iron to sharpen iron in your life. Say, I'm good by myself. Yeah, you'll still be you, but you'll be a very dull version of you. A very non-useful version of you. Have everything you need, but not quite sharp enough to make a difference. I was doing some study this week, and the best way to sharpen iron is not actually with iron. I found it interesting so I started digging and doing some research. Iron is not hurt iron. It's a, it's a good analogy that Solomon uses. It does produce, like I said, some really great things. Energy, heat, fire. But to actually sharpen metal, to sharpen iron, it wouldn't be metal against metal. It'd be metal against stone. The tracking with me, the, the Bible calls Jesus the head of the church, the, he's the head of the body of Christ, but he's also, catch this, he's also the cornerstone of the building of our life. And so if you want true community, you want true life change, you actually want somebody that you can lean on in any season, it's not me and it's not Eddie and it's not Kenneth and it's not Trent and it's not Mark and it's not a small group leader, all important, but it can never be the primary thing in which you lean on or in which you sharpen yourself against. Some good things will be produced when iron sharpens iron, but great things, life-changing things, eternity-changing things will only be produced when you allow the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Jesus, the cornerstone to begin to refine some things. And here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing I found is when when, when you rub iron or metal against a stone, it does not make the actual blade where it is sharper. It removes every small piece of the dull thing so a new version of the blade, a new version of the iron is exposed and that new version is now sharp. It removes the old and puts something new and sharp in its place and you will never be sharp, steady, fulfilled until you allow yourself to be changed and rubbed and defined, refined by the power of the personal an authentic relationship with Jesus. Gotta have somebody to lean on. But if you lean on the wrong thing as your foundation, you're still gonna fall. I hope you find friends at Action Church. I hope you find pastors at Action Church. I hope you find a spouse at Action Church. I hope you find small group leaders, mentors. But if you try and lean on any relationship, but your relationship with Jesus, you're both gonna fall. Man, you you lean on me long enough, and we're both gonna be tired. That's why it can't just be iron and iron, it's gotta be iron and the stone. What I need you to see today is this lean on me, this relationship thing, small groups are so important, team is so important. Please, I'm not, I'm not discounting my sermon, I'm saying it's the second step. What I need to, to build on, Jesus said that, that his, his yoke is light, his burden is easy because he, when I give it to him, I have the strength to stand. So I had this picture of, of I, or, or we as Christians, I'm leaning on Jesus so that you can lean on me. So when we get tired, I got Jesus here who he says, I'm good. He's not going to get tired. He's not going to get distracted. He's not going to get weary. He's not going to get selfish. He says, I'm good. So as, as leaders and as Christians, we're not called to do it by ourselves. we're called to be fully dependent, leaning on Jesus. Because when I'm leaning on the cornerstone, when I'm leaning on the rock, when I'm leaning on the foundation, the creator, God, I cannot fall. So you know what, you lean on me. Because here's the thing, people won't believe, Your source. People won't believe the foundation if they don't see the fruit from you. I've never cared about a foundation until I saw the building. You're the building, he's the foundation. You have an opportunity to allow people to lean on you. You're leaning on him to say, how are you so strong? And how are you so peaceful? And how do you stay steady through all of this season? It's because I'm not even standing on my own. Sometimes I got 90% of my weight on Jesus. Sometimes I got 99% of my weight on Jesus. Sometimes it's 10, they can't see it, but I'm still standing. And he's just somebody you can trust. When people let you down, you can lean on Jesus. When the world comes out, you can lean on Jesus. When you don't have any other hope, you can lean on Jesus. Nothing fancy, nothing creative It we close this series. I got three verses I wanna read over you because I believe that there's three different people in this room, maybe in these spots, you should be reminded that you, you can trust God, you can lean on him. Isaiah 41, it's for I hold you by your right hand. It's holding your hand. Lord, your God, and I said, you don't be afraid. I'm here to help you. But whatever you need help with, God, God wants to help. It's not just the creator. It's not just the king. He's, he's a friend. He wants to be right there, whatever you're going through. You can lean on him, you can trust him. Revelation 21, verse four, he will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Whatever your sadness, whatever your anxiety, whatever your depression, whatever your loss, whatever your grief. People are, are there to help. Gotta catch this, catch this. In your grief and your weariness, people can help but only God can heal. There are things in this life that you cannot lean on others for. You can just lean on God. Others can come and encourage and support and help, but you've gotta lean and put your trust in him. Exodus 14:14. If you're in a battle right now, maybe it's for your kids, maybe it's against addiction, maybe it's disease in your body. I don't know what it is. Temptation. Exodus 14. The Lord Himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. There's a peace and a calmness that comes when the battle's not our own. I love that he says the Lord Himself will fight for you. He's not gonna send a representative. He said, Amen. The only thing we have to do is invite him in and say, I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding. I'm not gonna lean on somebody else. I'm I'm gonna lean on you. I'm gonna include other people, but I'm gonna lean on you. And together, we can get through this. Community, common unity is found in the mission and the purpose of Jesus. As a church, we've gotta find some common unity so we can be who we're called to be. But as individuals, if you you don't have that common mindset mindset or passion or purpose yet, you cannot get the rest of what we talked about today. Authentic community, life change, healing. It starts the relationship with Jesus. So before we talk about leaning on Jesus, allowing others to lean on us, before we talk about accountability and correction and next steps, I, I wanna give you an opportunity today as we close out Songfest, talking about getting in healthy relationships, I wanna invite you into the the best and the first relationship you need to start to experience true life change, a true removing of the dull things of your life, and a true sharpening your future and your calling and your destiny starts the relationship with Jesus. So let's do that. All of our locations, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to, I want to allow you the opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus. Then, going away, looking around. I just believe we were talking about being weary and tough seasons, tears, fights. I just believe there's dozens of you in these auditoriums or are worshiping online that, that you're tired of fighting alone. You're exhausted. And God would see fit to have you here at Action Church today because he needed to remind you or reveal to you that He's been here the whole time, that the foundation's already been laid, that you do not have to wrestle for it or strive for it, you just have to receive it. I don't give you that opportunity right now. Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God, died a sinner's death in your place. His death gives us access to forgiveness. We were separated from God by our sin, and we could never be in right standing by anything we could do except surrender. The cross gives us that access. The resurrection of Jesus, three days later, gives us victory, power in this life. Romans 10 says, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that He is Lord, we believe that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead can live in us. We surrender control, that we can be saved. We make a decision today to start a journey to becoming a disciple of Jesus. I wanna give you that opportunity. For many of you, for the first time ever, you've never made this decision. Others of you, you, for whatever reason, you started doing it on your own. Maybe it was loss, maybe it was selfishness, pride, I don't know what it is, but you started running your own race, and Pastor, I need somebody to lean on. That person is Jesus. Today's the day of recommitment for you. So for the first time, by recommitting your life for the first time in a long time, you say, Pastor, I, I want to start renew my relationship with Jesus today. Would you raise your hand right where you are? Come on here in Winter Park. See somebody lean on. I got one, two, three, four, five, one, six, seven, eight. Must be 10, 11, 12 up in the stadium. Sanford, South, Oviedo. Worshipping online right now. So proud of you. Just a couple more moments. Anybody else? I'm I'm tired, I'm weary. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm giving up control. that's important. He wants to be Lord of all of your life. Praise God, you put your hands down. Praise in your hearts, I pray out loud and say this. Say, God, I love you. God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm only saved by your grace. So today I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Lord. And I'm giving you that place, complete and total control. God, have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now God, I pray for all of us today. That I pray that we people of common unity, that we are gonna know you more intimately and make you known in the earth. We're gonna love you and love people. We're gonna be people of accountability, open to change and correction, connected to the body of Christ, where our safety comes from, where our care comes from. You designed this to, to help us look more and more like your son, Jesus, we thank you We thank you that we're a part of a a place that challenged us to look more like you, Jesus. I pray for everybody as they sign up and join teams. I pray for authentic community in Jesus' name, for clarity, for vulnerability in the right ways so that we change and we grow and we're refined in the people that you're calling us to be. We love you praise you in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Church, can we celebrate the decisions that were just made? Come on, really celebrate it. I'm so proud of you.